Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me today, Steve Harmison. Unfortunately, not a great deal of cricket to talk about today. In fact, absolutely no cricket to talk about. Day three at Old Trafford washed out. Rain in Manchester means we can do things a little differently. You're listening to the following on podcast. Well, by now, you know, it rained a lot. With two days to go in the second test match, the follow on is key. If West Indies score 270 in first innings, then they are almost certainly going to avoid defeat in the series and the Wisdom Trophy will remain theirs. England, no, they have to bowl the West Indies out for 269 or less and then again before the end of day five. With the weather forecast solid from here on, well, they'll back themselves, but it'll be tough. However, it doesn't leave us much to talk about. So instead of talking about day three of this test, we're going to be talking about day one of another because most observers put Stuart Broad's omission in the first Test match down to England's desire to plan for next year's Ashes in Australia. Broad and Anderson may well be part of the squad, but England need the likes of Archer, Wood and Craig Overton if they're to compete. And so let's talk about it. As we stand here, now, who is England's starting eleven for Brisbane next year? So, Steve Harmison, let's take a little look at... Well, let's take a little look at the uh, the starting eleven for the first Test match against West Indies, um, because of course they have changed things around. Jimmy Anderson's been rested, Mark Wood's been rested, and of course no Joffre Archer for this Test match. So I think the first Test match gives us a better idea about how England are viewing at lining up against Australia next year. So um, Burns, Sibley. Uh, Denley, Crawley, Stokes, Pope, Butler, Bess, Archer, Anderson and Wood. Uh, that was the 11 that took to the field against West Indies first test match. Now, of course, I think you can obviously scrub Denley from that. Joe Root comes in instead of him. Um, but let's, let's start with the openers. 
obviously we wax lyrical about Dominic Sibley um, after he registered his second test century. Uh, there are challenges still to come, of course. England need to travel to have to travel to Asia. Um, they've got to go to India at the end of the year. Um, that's going to pose very different uh, challenges. It could be that Keaton Jennings comes into the side, actually. But do you expect, as we stand here now, that the opening partnership on day one after England win the toss and decide to bat first at the Gavatois will be Rory Burns and Dominic Sibley? Yeah, I do. I think now Sibley's got the second 100 under his belt. I do. I think he's got a challenging winter this winter coming up. Are you going to the subcontinent? And well, fingers crossed that we do go. Um, and trying to work out his game. But like we said, uh, we said before, I think the education that he's going to have, learning how to play the game, not having to worry about getting hundreds because he's got them under his belt, I think will give him some confidence going his career forward. So for me, I think Sibley and Burns will go um, and probably go as opening batsmen. I've got seven names in my my mind now that will play in the first test match at the Gabba. Mm. Um, Sibley and Burns are, are two of them. I think one thing Dominic Sibley could could possibly do between now and you know probably this time next year, get in a position just to sit down with Sir Alistair Cook and talk to Alistair Cook about how he played in Australia in 10-11. Because when Alistair Cook went across in, I think it was 6-7, uh, Australia had this plan for him to bowl outside of Stump, nick him off. And in 10-11, when Alistair Cook went, he was the, he scored a, a boatload of runs. He was the player, the player of the series. And he told himself he wasn't going to drive not going to drive one ball, and he didn't. And the discipline that Dominic Sibley showed in the second Test match is probably going to be the discipline he's going to have to show out, out in Australia on them little bit more bouncy pitches. And I would imagine Australia will target just outside off stump and say, right, Paul, half volley outside off stump and say, right, go on, have a go and drive at it. See how much patience you've got, and we'll just stick it there. So these are little things that he could do to potentially help himself go forward from the mental side of, of the game. I think he showed, both of them, both Burns and Sibley have showed that they've got the game for international cricket. And I think they both play well back foot. And I think both will hopefully get other hundreds under the belt and be ready to go when the Ashes come round this time, you know, when, when, whenever they come round. Is there a little concern about Rory Burns? Um, he's now played 16 test matches. This is his 17th. Two hundreds. 650s on the face of it that doesn't sound too bad actually average of 34 and he does have the manner of a man who just seems to get himself out in all sorts of ways there isn't necessarily um a, a weakness outside of the normal one for a left-hander um and i also wonder whether the australians would mind that much having two run scorers opening up um who don't score particularly quickly the thing I've got with Rory Burns is and I'd be this is just me and I said this out in commentary for TalkSport 2 out in the Caribbean Rory Burns seems to find a way of getting out just before or just after a break that's not technical that's concentration that's the mental side of the game that's something you have to get away from first class cricket I'd love to know Every single innings that Rory Burns has got out and the time he's got out. 
And I think he's just getting out just before, just after drinks break, just before, just after lunch. He did it again in the um, in the in in this test match, in the Southampton test match, in the in the Old Trafford test match. He did it in Barbados twice in Barbados when we were out there. So it's just something in my mind. Technically, there's a lot of moving parts. I don't really mind that as long as he's all in sync. Maybe it's the bouncier pitches in Australia. I'd feel as a bowler, I've got more of a chance because in the quicker pitches, he's just got to be slightly off. And we talked about Big Shannon Gabriel and the art of bowling. The minute you're slightly off, you just get yourself in some unusual positions. But I think because of England's struggle with opening batsmen, actually 30, 35 is actually okay at the moment because of what we've had. Never been able to replace Strauss. Having to try and replace both Strauss and Cook in the last... 15 years um, so for me I think Burns gets away with it just a, he's, he's hanging on by his fingernails but he's just getting away with it I think there's others in the batting unit who are probably a little bit more vulnerable and under pressure um, I thought the injury come just at the wrong time for him because I thought in South Africa he goes on and gets the big score in South Africa on a, on a decent against you know, good bowlers for Rory Burns you know bowlers that bowl back of a length bowl short gives him a chance to cut um, so I think at this moment in time, I'm happy with Burns. I'm happy with Sibley at the top of the order. Looking forward now going into um, the, the replacements and what else you've got. You've potentially got Jennings because he plays better off. He plays well off the back foot. We're going out over to Australia. But if, you, if you're throwing his name into the ring, I think I'd go Burns and Sibley before, before Keaton. Is there any... Uh, option in promoting Crawley up the order if he continues playing well then you've got two very contrasting batsmen opening up and it may allow uh, a Dan Lawrence or another batsman actually to come in if I mean if Burns uh, doesn't kick on from the position that we have now well what you've got is if you've got Crawley at three and we're talking about going to us to Australia I'd do something different going to Australia I'd take a bigger squad because I'd, when we come on to the bowlers, I'd want a lot of bowlers up my sleeve. Mm. Now, if I'm taking a bigger squad, I could potentially take 22, 23 players out to Australia. Doesn't, they don't, they've got to get away from the norm, which is take 18 players, we'll take 17, 18 players, and we'll take a young fast bowler just from experience. That yeah. happened back in my day. Now, the money that's in the game and coronavirus might have, have scuppered a bit of that, but you can take a Lawrence, a Crawley, a Bracey, as well as Jennings, and then all of a sudden, you've got, with Pope, with Stokes, with Root, and your two openers that we're talking about, all of a sudden, you've got a decent batting unit there who you've got the openers covered, you've got six covered, you've got four covered if, if Root gets a bang on a finger and has to miss a game. Also, option if Stokes is bowling too much, you can drop Stokes back to six, Pope to five, and, and, and so on. So I think you have got flexibility. The names that have been mentioned, the names that are in this 30-man unit now, I don't see too many coming outside the box of this 30 unit going you know, any further than Australia. There might be one young bowler that might just pop out and think, right, like Simon Jones in 2002, Steve Armisen in 2002, that comes through and you take them over. There might be somebody like that. But in the batting unit, I think we have got probably everything covered there in the 30-man squad. So Burns and Sibley is probably the opening two with Crawley, with Bracey, with Lawrence, with Jennings. Um, as cover as a one, two, three, possibly four, if need be. Um, and then you've got your bankers, i.e. 
Root's going to bat four, Stokes is going to bat five. And for me, I think Oli Pope, he's coming good. He bats six for me. I think he will be a, I think he's smashing playing. I think he will be ready by the time Australia comes. He'll have a couple of more hundreds under his belt. So for me, I think that sort of, what is that? That's, that's nine batsmen, ten batsmen. I think if you can take them, I think you've got a lot of bases covered out in Australia for a pitch that bounces, a pitch that's quite flat, a pitch that might turn. I think you've got all bases covered. Is there any argument in switching Stokes around with Pope? Possibly. Possibly. Um, like we talked about with Ben Stokes, at this moment in time, he's probably England's best batsman. He's just shared a, ahead of Joe Root because I think I think Stokes is in he's in superb form. I think Ben Stokes can bat where he wants. He's got the technique to bat where he wants, but also like I mentioned, I think that the the best characteristics he got at the minute is the game management and understanding the state of the game. Ben Stokes, I'm happy with him at number five. I'm happy with him at number five in England because the seam bowlers in England are going to do a lot more bowling. There could be a concern going over to Australia. Get on a flat one. England don't have the Pierce artillery or they don't pick the Pierce artillery that they had before. All of a sudden, Stokes has asked to bowl 10 overs more per innings. That puts pressure on his bat. Then there's an argument. Pop goes to five. I don't have a problem with that. He's got 18 months to get to a position where you could just say, right, it could be ready. You go and it could be in a position where... Chris Silverwood tried to tell Chris. Uh, Chris Silverwood tried to tell Jimmy Anderson he's not playing at Old Trafford. Could be the same uh, facial expressions saying to Ben Stokes, "You're not batting at number five. You're batting at number six. Because I actually think Ben Stokes really enjoys batting at number five for England. So I think while his his bowling isn't as used as much, I think Stokes is he's I'd leave him at five and let Pope enjoy the freedom. Let Pope enjoy the education. Down at number six, because I can see Pope climbing the order up to maybe a four or possibly a three by the time he's 25, 26, 27. And that's in a good sort of four or five years' time. Okay, well, I think we're pretty much agreed. Uh, Burns and Sibley opening up. Crawley at three, Root at four, captain. Um, Yeah. Although if he loses away in in India, which is probable, uh, and then at home to India, that might uh, throw the uh, throw things awry. Uh, Stokes at five and Pope at six. Now we get to the real interesting bit. Who keeps wicket at the Gabba in 2021? That's the biggest... I wouldn't say that's the biggest concern because the spin bowlers just as big um, of a concern. At this minute, the England cricket team love Josh Butler. And for the foreseeable future, I don't see it changing. I can see Josh Butler playing all the test matches this summer, even if he doesn't score score the hundreds. Joe Root wants him in the side. The players want him in the side. The management seems to want him in the side. And more importantly, Ed Smith, chairman of selectors, seems to want Josh Butler in their side. So you've got uh, Butler, you've got Bester, you've got Folks. Probably two out of the three will travel because you've, you've got... Pope as a backup as well, if need be, if somebody goes downhill and breaks a finger by the time you can fly the third one out. So, me personally, I think Johnny Besto scores more runs at seven. I would put Johnny Besto in the team at seven rather than Josh Butler because I think he'll score more runs than Josh Butler. But 
the only thing that's clouded my judgment on that one is the the barrage you're going to get. Pat Cummins, you have, you've got Patterson, you've got Stark, you've got the, here's a word four quality fast bowlers, aggressive fast bowlers. Who has got the biggest ticker? Who is the person that's going to stand up there and take one for the team and ride it out? I back Butler over 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 Besto on that front. Who's going to score me more runs? I think Besto would score me more runs. I'm contradicting myself in such a way that I think while things are nicely nicely going in the way the game plan needs to go, Burns and Sibley battle quite quite a while. Root goes in, does his thing, and I think Besto will score score me more runs down the order because I think he actually, I think. I think in a test match, Johnny, Johnny seems to know his game. I think in a in a test match, I don't think Joss does at this moment in time. He doesn't know where to stick a twist. He doesn't know where to hang in. He doesn't know where to go hard. And I think this next 18 months is going to be a huge thing for Joss Butler to work out whether he's still going to be in the team or not or what type of player he wants to be in test cricket. Because I still don't believe he understands what he's trying to do with test matches. We've seen in this Southampton test match, you know, he came in with a little bit of freedom. It took him a while to get in and then he exploded. And that's when he went. I actually think Josh Butler has got a big ticket going over to Australia and handle the pressure more than what Johnny Bairstow would be. But I, if the game plan goes right and the batting unit bats the way it should do, then I think Johnny Bairstow would score me more runs lower down the order because I think he... I just think Johnny's a better batsman, an out-and-out batsman than what, than what Josh is in mm. a test match format. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. 
Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Okay, well, I will, um, because I was thinking about this earlier, and I've never been a huge fan of Bairstow as a specialist batsman. Um, I certainly didn't fancy him at number five. And uh, number six with the gloves, okay. I think Johnny Bairstow is a better batsman when the game situation is set up for him. When he's marshalling the tail, Mm. he knows he can bat aggressive. Uh, He doesn't have to, in essence, because I know he's a much better batsman than what I'm giving him credit for. But in essence, he doesn't have to pretend to be a batsman. He can just bat. And essentially, yeah, freedom and understanding his role. I think that's one of the reasons why he bats so well at the top of the order in ODI cricket, but then a lot of players do, and it's a little bit easier, of course. So I would bring Bairstow. The other reason I bring Bairstow is because I thought he did a fine job for England at seven before they started mucking around with this specialist number set batsman malarkey, which just hasn't worked. Um, Bairstow and Moeen Ali are two players who essentially have not been given the treatment, the, the preferential treatment within the England side that the likes of Butler has. And their game has suffered because of it. Bairstow and Ali both uh, aren't even, you know, they're, no, they're not even close to the test squad at the moment. But for me, Bairstow has two things over uh, Butler um, for the reasons I've just mentioned. One, but also he's played in Australia and he did okay. Mm. He scored a century in Ashes cricket in Australia. Um, just having a quick look at the record, you know, Butler's played 10 tests against Australia, all at home, and he averages 20. To think that he is suddenly going to become a batsman averaging 30, 35 in Australia, um, or even he's going to come in and rescue England and turn the game around based on his outrageous brilliance. Well, you know, we haven't seen that happen once. To think that it could happen in Australia is somewhat fanciful. Bairstow, just having a look at his scores, they're not well-beating, but he gets starts. Um, he played in the Ashes in 17-18 when England were battered, you know, beaten outside. Um, lost 4-0, uh, 42 at the Gabba. Um, he got starts at Adelaide in both innings, 100 in Perth, and uh, and then he didn't play in Sydney. So actually, I can't remember him getting dropped, but I guess he must have done this. He was injured. So I would say, based on experience, I'd have Bairstow over Butler. Um, and also, I just I, I struggled to see Butler even being in the team you know, later this summer, let alone at the end of next year. And I'm not sure Butler can come back again. You know, he's been dropped already. So if he, once he leaves this England test team, I think that's probably it for him. There is, of course, course, um, Ben Folkes. But for me, there's still a massive question mark about Folkes. Of course, superb gloveman. We know that. He scored a century and was man of the match in his first test match. Might have been man of the series uh, in Sri Lanka. But, there is a feeling that his game is suited to those slower pitches mm. um, and maybe not so suited to playing in Australia. But we'll have to wait and see. But for me, it's best though, it's seven. Yeah, and the thing, that, the thing that I found, the reason why I was a bit irate about Broad not being in a team and then Anderson not being in a team is I think England selectors sometimes make a, a, a hole for themselves they can't get out of. We shouldn't even have been talking about folks because it might not, this is nothing against Ben Folks. He shouldn't even been in Sri Lanka. Johnny Bairstow, if it wasn't Butler, it was Johnny Bairstow. You know, the, he shouldn't even, would Bairstow 
and Butler have done the same thing and getting man in the series. We don't know. They're top quality. They're top quality international players. Mm. Bairstow hit a century, didn't he? Bairstow hit a century in the third test match. So, Yeah, but the, 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 the point I'm trying to make is sometimes when you're funky you, with a selection, you pick somebody and then all of a sudden you, you, you're leaving yourself open for criticism by having a problem you don't, you don't really need, i.e. all this talk about Anderson and Broad this, this last two weeks. It's something you didn't need. You know, you've got Sam Curran coming in now then all of a sudden, if Archer was allowed to play, uh, if Archer was going to be fit for the third test match, which I don't think he is, you've then got to try and find a place for Jimmy. You've got to try and find a place for Mark Wood. You've got to keep Sam Curran in your team. You've then got to have Archer. All of a sudden, you're just, you're just trying to be funky for your own good. And sometimes it does backfire, especially when your team doesn't perform. And that's what happened down at Southampton. OK, let's look at the position of spinner. Um, now, I can't think of many off-spinners that have gone to Australia and had a good tour. You know, Graham Swan in 2010-11 is, is the exception, really. Even yeah. Murali struggled um, in Australia. Where do England go with this? Because I can't see Moeen Ali. His, he essentially was jettisoned halfway through an Ashes series away and jettisoned halfway through an Ashes series at home. I just cannot see Moeen Ali ever playing against Australia again in a test match. Um, so where do England go? The options are the slow left arm of Jack Leach, but you know, there's big question marks about his fitness. Um, and, you know, under pressure situations. Okay. We'll always remember Headingly, but as a bowler in Australia, those big pitches, home fans on your back. That's a big ask. You've got Don Bess, a man in possession, but he is an off spinner. Um, Apart from that, there's not a great deal out there, is there? There's not a great deal. Young Verdi, who was uh, brought into the squad, uh, Parkinson, who was brought into this 30-odd man training, training unit, they're the two, the two, concerning, the two concerning positions, wicketkeeper and spinner. And I would say spinner is more concerning because on his day, Butler could have a day out. Besto on his day, world-class player. Butler's a world-class player on his day. You know, and folks, folks could do a good enough job if it became Ben Folks as a keeper. As a spinner, you, like you mentioned there, Moen looks like he has been moved to one side. I still can't see why. I still don't think the treatment that you mentioned, the preferential treatment that others have had, that Johnny and Mo and Ali haven't had, it just seemed as though the faces didn't fit. I don't know. We don't know. We can't speculate what's happening behind closed doors. Um, whether there's an issue where they don't want to play the longer format of the game and they want to play the shorter format of the game. I'm just speculating. But England need to find somebody and find somebody quick. And England need to find that, hopefully, that rabbit. Yeah, that, that one that comes out of the woodwork. Like I mentioned before, we played in, we, England played during my time, played against India in 2002 at home. Fast lad from Upper Morgan just came out of nowhere, Simon Jones. You know, big fast lad came out of Durham, Harmison, all of a sudden, thrown into thrown into Australia. Simon gets injured first first test against at the Gabba, which would have been his second test match. I play the third the second test match in Adelaide. That was my second test match. 
Hoggard hadn't pl- had played a little bit. He had been around a bit. And Rob Key hadn't played too many test matches either. So there, there are people who will come out of the woodwork over the next 18 months who will get on that plane. England have to find that, that somebody has to be a spinner. Because at this moment in time, you mentioned the, the, the treatment that off spinners get over in Australia. I don't see... I don't see Verdi having enough bowling between now and then to get himself in a position to play. Jack Leach was probably the one that you'd hope that has a run of games, gets himself fitter, stronger, and his health is a lot, a lot better when it comes through the next 18 months and gets a run of games. Um, because if not, I, I only see Mo and Ali. I only see no, Mo and so- Ali. You're ruling out Don Bess. I'm not ruling out Don Bess. I'm just saying the only person I can see, if what you've given me at this moment in time, I can only see Mo and Ali. I think Don, Be- Don Bess is a fighter, but he's not somebody who I think would go out there. Bear in mind, we haven't got to the seamers yet. And if we're going to go down the road of playing Pierce, our spin bowler has to control the game for us. Because if not, we have to play Broad Anderson. Now, our spin bowler starts going at six and over and gets smacked out of the park, our seamers could be going at six and over. Our all-rounder, Ben Stokes, he goes at six and over. So controlling a game and Joe Root, having, a, having a, the captain having a bowler who can put one end and then rotate from the other, we, you, you, the spin bowler has to do that. It might be Jack Leach has to do what Ashley Giles did for in, what, during my time where you had the four fast lads, Joshua Giles bowls over the wicket, bowls a negative line, but he, contro- he controls one end. At this moment in time, I'm not seeing somebody standing out in front of me and says, right, you've got to pick me. Don Best is the closest we've got because Roman- Mo and Ali is not getting a look in. But if Mo and Ali's, if, if you're asking me which one at the minute, I would, I would punt for Mo and Ali, but it just doesn't seem as though the selectors want to do it. So, it's a big 18 months for the England selectors and the spin department at the ECB to go and find somebody and educate them and get them ready for what's going to hit them when they get to the GABA you know, in, uh, in 18 months' time. OK, then. So we're, we're not sure about the spinners, that's for sure. Let's look at the attack then. Um, so we've, we've left ourselves three fast bowlers. Mm. I imagine that Joffre Archer, we will both agree, has to be... Sharing the new ball, correct? Depending on it, a lot depends on what happens between now and the end of September, this September, because Jofra Archer has just done something before between Manchester and Southampton, which arguably could have potentially had massive ramifications on the game of cricket in this in, in England. How the ECB deal with that. Bear in mind the way they've dealt with Alex Hales is going to be is going to be under the microscope. So if they can get Archer out under the radar and get him back to play as quickly as they possibly can and say all is forgiven, but you know you're you're on your final warning, which they seem to have given him the written warning, then the sooner they get him back playing, the better. Because if the longer that if they leave it longer and longer and longer. And all of a sudden, the Owen Morgan, we don't trust him anymore. We can't trust him. He's made too many, he's made that, too many mistakes. Then Geoff Archer might be up on offer. Me, personally, I, I, 
it's wrong what he's done, and I'm disappointed in him. What he's the way the way he's nearly sort of costing them the you know, ECB spending millions getting ready for this test series and Pakistan and moving forward. But he's made a mistake. He's a human being. I'd like to think we can look beyond it, him understand it, and get him back playing. If that's the case, hopefully he'll be a better person. Hopefully it will be make him a better cricketer to realise what he nearly lost. And then England will benefit going forward. So from that point of view, I hope Jofra Archer and Mark Wood are fit and strong enough to take the, to take the attack to Australia at the Gabba in 18 months' time. So you would play both Wood and Archer in that first I would test play match? Both, I would play both Wood and Archer in that first test match. Where we go from there, I think 18 months is a long time in a fast bowler's standing and career. I'm not ruling out Broad. Not ruling out Anderson. This is why I want to take a big squad. This is why I want to take 20-odd players. I want to take both Broad and Anderson. Because if I've not got a spinner that can control a game, I want 150-odd test matches, 500 test match wickets, 600 test match wickets, the other one. I want one of them playing. Because they control, I'd like to think they would be able to go a long way to con- help control the game for me. I know what they can do. You've got Broad, Anderson, Wokes, Curran probably playing that number 11 role. Not number 11 in the baton, but that third seamer role, which would be to you know, use the new ball, swing the new ball, but help control the game for me. England's going to need somebody with experience and nous in them conditions. Wood hasn't got it. Archer hasn't got it. In the next 18 months, hopefully Broad and Anderson, their bodies will withstand to get them over there. It's not a case of playing them every test match, but it's been in a position that I, Joe Root, I, Chris Silverwood, if I need control, I've got, I've got somebody very, very experienced up my sleeve. It potentially could be Wokes. It probably, probably would be Wokes if in the next 18 months, Broad and Anderson's bodies saw a decline a bit. That would be that would probably be your Wokes would be your next man. It would be a, it'd be a banker to go. So it would be Wood, Archer and Wokes. But I'm not ruling Broad and Anderson out. Not yet. There's a long, long time to go. A lot of cricket to be played. And if nobody else comes through and the spinner can't control me the game, I might have to, I might have to think I need one of them in my side going against, going against Australia. They do need someone who can roll off, uh, rattle off 20, 25 overs for 50 runs, even if they don't take a wicket on Australian pitches. Anderson's record at the Gabba actually isn't that great. Um, 75. But you could imagine that he will tour. Um, he's going to be approaching 600 wickets, test wickets by that point. Uh, he'll, he'll have one last chance, but he will be 39. If only possibly to play at Adelaide. We know, yeah. you know the Ashes tests are always the same. It's, it's Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne and Sydney. So possibly they bring him along and they play him at Adelaide. That's it. Maybe they hold him back as well um, for either Melbourne or Sydney. And maybe Broad, maybe he alternates with Broad. Yeah. There is also the opportunity, or rather the option, of bringing in someone like Craig Overton, who you know may not be the quickest, but um, mirroring the kind of tactics from 10-11 when they came in with Finn and Tremlett, two yeah. different bowlers, Tremlett a little bit more similar to Overton. Craig Overton's played in Ashes series. Um, I think they're working on him to just give him another couple of miles an hour. It could be that he plays the enforcer role, hmm. and they 
they ape those tactics that they saw that, that, that worked so well in 10-11 when actually Broad got injured after the first two tests. He didn't play, didn't take, didn't take many wickets either. It was Finn, Tremlett and Bresnan alongside Anderson um, that won the Ashes for England. So rotation will very much be the order of the day. Um, but for that first Broad. test match, it's going to be a big call to go in without both Broad and Anderson. Yeah, I think it's. I think you've got to. I've checked them. That's why I'm taking a big squad. I'm taking a big, big squad, a big squad of bowlers. I'm not. You know, you've got quick bowlers as well. You've got Young Robinson, who's in this, who is nearly played in this Test match at Dance at uh, Manchester. You've got Ollie Stone. You've got Big Henry Brooks. You've got. I've. I've meant. You mentioned the, the Overton, the Overton brothers. I try and take as many as I could to give me as many options as I could. And see where everybody's at come. Because when you get to Australia, you don't just play 11 blokes. The warm-up games are tough. You know, the, your warm-up games are incredibly tough after, you know, you, you, you get jet-lagged, you get in the country, you're not used to playing in, on them bouncy pitches. You try to find your lines and your lengths. And some of them shield teams that they, they throw up against are, are nearly as good as the test side that you're going to play against. They did during my time. So for me, I think... Having a lot of bowlers there will give, not just give options, but it'll make practice better. It'll make competition for players a lot stronger. But it will also give the captain and the coach an idea of where other people are at to think, right, well, how do I control the game? Who's going to take me wickets? How is such and such you know, looking in the nets when it comes to speed? Because we are not just going to need four fast bowlers to go out there at 90 mile an hour and and, and, and blow Australia away. They're used to facing fast bowlers. You know, we need we need we need bowlers that you know can challenge more often than not in around the off stump. If you just go over there and think, right, we did it, we we did it a few years ago, we said, right, we'll take a basketball team out because we did it in t- ten and eleven. We took six of the tallest fast bowlers out there, we got beat five nil. You know, we, it's not you we've got to pinpoint every single weakness in that Australian unit. And for it just to be simple for, you know, we hear it all the time you know, on the TV, Sky Boys, NASA and that, they'll say, right, we need horses for courses. We need pierce when we go out on flat wickets. Well, we're gonna, you're going to need that, yes, but you're going to have to have something different because do you not think the top six of Australia have faced pierce? That's what they've been brought up on. They've been brought up on that. And that's why I think England are going to need a wide range of bowlers going over to, to Australia to make sure to give them the best options to hit them for that, for that first test match. So there is, if you're talking about variety, there is one bowler that we haven't even mentioned. And he's a guy that doesn't take fifers, but he does take wickets. Sam Curran, mm. um, he, he seems to be one of the first. He's, he's, he's a bit like some of the others, really. But essentially... Is he not an option? I know that yeah, with, oh, he's a, an with, option. A, with a kookaburra ball. Do you not, I mean, imagine a bowling lineup, say, if you imagine instead of going in with Wood and Archer in the same test, they rotate those bowlers throughout in much the same way as we're talking about Anderson and Broad. You go in with an Archer, um, you know, right arm fast. Mm. You go out, go in with Curran with his left arm, swing at the top of, with, swing with a new ball if given a new ball. I know the ball doesn't swing as much in Australia. You have your spinner, whoever that's going to be. You got Stokes, um, and then you still got another. You still got a, an over, space for a, an Overton or a, or a Anderson or a Broad kind of character or 
even Wokes, although his average away from home is pretty poor as well. Mm. Does does Curran come into the reckoning? He does, yeah. For me, he, come, he comes in, he's in that little group. You see, I, the seven players I had on the list where I say, right, I think they'll, they'll probably be playing first test match. Burns, Sibley, four, four Root, five, Pope, uh, five Stoke, six Pope, nine Archer, and I've got ten Wood. In that 11 bracket, I've got Anderson, Broad, Wokes, Curran. Curran comes into that that holding in area where you go to Adelaide, where it's a little bit slower. He, he runs up and bowls sort of left arm, basically left arm cutters, as and when the pitch and the cooker ball gets gets older and gets it gets a bit softer. Sam Curran is he's the most unluckiest cricketer going because he seems to be the easiest one left out when there's a tough decision to be made. And I find I do that myself. So I'm not criticising the selectors for that because I get myself in a bit of paper. I want 11 names. I put Curran in and think I want him in my team. And then by the time I've scribbled about three or four names out, I've left him out and he's number 12 every time. And I feel awful for Sam for that because this kid has got, not only has he got a natural ability, he's actually got a bit of guts. He's got a bit. He's got a bit of bollocks. He's got something about him that I think it's one of them ones. You just wish he was a foot taller. You just wish he was a bit, bit, bit stronger and a bit bigger. Because could he bat higher up? Could he be a little bit quicker if he was a bit taller and a little bit big stronger? But he is what he is, and he, for me, he's a little. He's a hidden little gem. So you could go broad. I mean, so you could go Archer Wood, potentially a current if you had a spinner that could hold the game. Comfortable. If you're going over with Graham Swan, I think you can go. You could. You could basically pick any team attack you want. Because I think Swanee Swanee was a one-off. He controlled the game, but he also attacked. You, you knew he was. He had the, the the experience and the mindset of right. Swanee Swanee didn't like getting beat. Swanee was a yeah. You know, he was going to come at you all the time. But we haven't got that, and that's something we've got to find because I think the spinner dictates where, what the three seamers are in this England team. Because bear in mind, we go back to our fifth bowler, Ben Stokes. He's got the biggest heart, fantastic cricketer, but he's expensive when he bowls. And he's expensive in Australia because the pitches are good. You know, he can hit through the line of the ball. He wants to bowl million-dollar balls every time because that's what Ben Stokes does. So that's why you're broad, you're broad, you're broad, you're Anderson, you're Wokes, might have to make the trip. Because if the spinner's not there, we might need one of them in the side. And Curran falls into that bracket. OK, then. So, let's do the joint Harmison-Norman 11. We'll have to agree at the end of it. We're going Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Pope, Bairstow. Bairstow. <laughs> then it's the spinner. We'll just put the spinner in there at eight. Yeah. Um, Archer. I, I'm Nine. gonna go. I'm gonna go Bess for the spinner. Go Bess. Yeah. I'll just go be- Bess at this at this moment in time. I yep. can't argue with Bess. Um, Archer at nine, and then it gets really, really difficult because it is about balance and variety. I don't think you go in with Wood and Archer. I think you choose one of them. So I'm gonna go with. You know, we didn't even mention Ollie Stone as well. He he could yeah. be another guy that... Yeah, I mentioned Stone. I mentioned Stone, Henry Brooks and Robinson as your backup fast bowler. They're in there. They're in my thoughts and reckoning. It's the last two. I think you have to I go would, in. I think you, I personally would go in with Wood and Anderson for that first test match. 
Right. Well, I would go in with Broad over Anderson and I'd hold Anderson back for Adelaide. I wouldn't go in with Wood and Archer. I'm almost tempted to either go in with Stone, Overton or Curran. It's so difficult, isn't it? I can't yeah. even do that. It's, it's very difficult to call. It is. It is. But you don't know what you're going to get with, with, with the Gabba. Normally has a bit of green grass on and the ball flies through. So you might need a, you might need a little bit taller might need a little bit taller bowler. You know, when you go you know, somewhere like Goffey Bowl well it down in Melbourne and Sydney, you get all you know, four seasons in one day in Sydney. So I mean in Melbourne. So you, you, you somewhere like Anderson and Wokes could be could be perfect if you rock up to if you rock up on Boxing Day and it's you know, well in two thousand six, seven it, it snowed Christmas Day out in Melbourne. So and it was and it we had we had Australia hundred and fifty for five. Um, a tee on day one, I think, on tee day one, I think, and it was swinging round corners. So you don't know what you're going to get. And that's why I want, the biggest thing I want as a selector, I'd want the budget to take as big a squad as I possibly can, within reason, to give me the most options and the best preparation and practice to get me to that first test match. And that's probably where them two places come, whether it's going to be an Anderson and Wood or it's a, a Curran and Overton or Curran and Stone. I think it's 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 too hard to call. You know, we're a long, long way away from where we where we need to be. But at this minute in time, for me, if I'm looking at picking it for next week, I'd be picking Wood and Anderson um, for the first Test match. But I wouldn't be dis- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be Jetson Broad anywhere. Not not if that's what they were thinking at Southampton, thinking that in Brisbane or in Australia, we're not going to have Broad and Anderson. For me, both of them make the trip because I want to be given the best options possible. Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, well, we hope that cleared it all up for the, uh, the listeners. We, <laughs> we've basically <laughs> named about 50 people. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty set on the batting. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few headaches uh, between uh, then and now, as they should be. Uh, when is it ever simple? Uh, Harmy, um, I haven't actually asked you if you're available to talk tomorrow. Um, I'm always available to talk to you, John, and well, to the TalkSport listeners. Well, let's do the same thing again tomorrow after day four. We will get play. The forecast a lot better. Many congratulations to family Kimber, by the way. Yes, very good. For the, uh, the new arrival. Um, so Jared won't be with us for, uh, for a bit. He'll be back for the third test match. Um, and yeah, England have it all to do. Uh, not just in uh, terms of working out what spinner they're going to bring to, uh, to the Gabba, but they need to take 19 West Indies wickets in two days if they are going to uh, maintain any hope of keeping the Wisdom Trophy series alive. Thanks for listening to the following on podcast on Acast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and join us after day four at Old Trafford where we will have some uh, cricket to talk about. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. 
Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.